Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Ready for more pearls of wisdom from Nick? I am. Here comes part two of our interview with Nick Fager aka Gay Therapist. Now then, if you haven't heard part one yet, don't press play yet. Head back to the feed, click on part one, listen to that, then come back here. I wanted to ask you about sex because I think that nobody talks about sex. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah. I talk about sex all the time. <laughs> well, yes. Um, but sorry. To... We should say that this seconds after Nick came to the door, I told him a story about Having sex in a restaurant involving a, a can of olive oil. Olive oil. <laughs> I never thought about using olive oil in that way. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. You don't just add garlic to it, people. Anyway, sex, what were you going to say about it? Yeah, so we do talk about it, but we talk about it in a certain way. And I think that the LGBT community, there are lots of things specifically in and around sex that are not spoken about. So two things that come to mind is that um, someone said something, there was a therapist or someone online was saying this thing about how intimacy is very specifically, has its own challenges in LGBT relationships because there's a lot of things like couples who don't want to hold hands while they're walking down the street that can have a huge impact on your life at home because you don't, there's a dissonance between how you appear in public and how you appear in private. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also that you can be you can very much teach yourself, this is probably a slightly older generation, or i.e. my age, like um, 26, that sex is a secret thing, a thing that happens secretly and quickly, mm-hmm. you know, rather than proper intimacy. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, the word, I guess the word proper intimacy, <laughs> it's like, I, I guess my biggest thing in therapy is just allowing people to do it they want Mm -hmm. um, sexually and so some people view sex and intimacy as very linked and some people don't view sex and intimacy as linked at all Um, and I don't really have a judgment of one over the other I think that's how that's how your body is wired at this moment and so why not just go do that thing um, and allow yourself to follow your desires fully so if sex is linked with taboo for you right if there's a feeling like you need to be naughty or um, doing something bad great like go set up that situation and do it Um, I don't I don't think you can convince yourself out of it Um, so why not just enjoy it and then maybe eventually as you continue to do that thing maybe there will be more of a sort of integration of self um, but only through only through actually letting yourself do the thing as opposed to judging it Mm, fascinating that makes sense yeah it does and do you think there's a link with chemsex and mental health do you call it chemsex over here? No, you do it. You call it PNP. Yeah, party and play. Party and play. Yeah, it's that's yeah. like 
crystal things and everyone fucking yeah crystal meth yeah. crystal meth so and yeah and G yeah um, it's I understand that the allure for it I, I understand because um, if sex is very tied to shame for you it can be very difficult to feel free in a, a sexual setting right so a drug gives you that freedom to be able to completely let loose mm. um, all I can say is that I've seen so many clients who uh, started using meth and their life was completely ruined um, and it is really hard uh, to witness and to and and to be a part of uh, because it's just so incredibly addicting and hard to get off of but you know see i think like what you're just saying there is so important i i think there are so many people who do not relate that potentially the reason they are going and taking a load of g or meth crystal meth is because they have issues around having sex with people unless they're fucked out their mind right Mm. yeah yeah it's so interesting there's a there's a psychologist therapist person um who who is from the what do you call it that foundation that's for sort of uh, families with trans kids and oh uh, Jean Malpass yes yeah and years ago he wrote this thing about crystal and about how it became a huge thing in gay culture and led to a huge um upswing in HIV infection because people were sort of oh you know I was out of it I didn't take precautions this is you know before all prep and all this stuff and what his th- theory was, and I thought it was fascinating, is that meth is not just a thing in the gay community. It's, like in, it's in a lot of economically deprived areas, in a lot of African-American areas. It's, it's not, you know, it's everywhere. Um, I was in a, doing a film in Minnesota, in rural Minnesota, and I went into the bar on the last night to have a drink with the crew. And there was a lady there, a middle-aged lady, who was like the wife of the... Uh, town, you know, councillor or something, totally off her tits on meth. And like, look, the apparently was rife in this little village, little farming village. The, but his point was, those other uh, groups who get, get have meth problems, meth addiction problems, they don't all, you know, have unprotected sex. Mm. So actually, and I thought this was the great thing, was that he's, he's, he proposed that this idea that we are still... The PTSD of AIDS is so huge, and we haven't really begun to scrape the surface of it, I think, yet. And that people use meth as an excuse to imagine a world where there isn't HIV. Like, because we all want that. Um, and if you've been so used to feeling shameful and scared or cautious about sex, to suddenly take something that you can use as an excuse to not feel that. So a little uh, holiday really, from your fears. From your fears. Mm. And, but, but, but the idea that, you know, I and then people who became infected exactly in that way, and, and I say, like, how out of it were you that you didn't, you, you made a decision, do you know what I mean? It's not like you're so, oh, so out of it, I just didn't know what I was doing, or I blacked out or something. It's not at all. You made an active decision to allow that to happen. And I think that's something we don't take enough responsibility for, that we want... I mean, things are different now. The whole world's different since prep and people being able to behave in a way that they never thought they would be able to behave and, you know, perhaps some of them used to a long, long time ago. That to me was fascinating. Mm. Like, we use a drug. We're even lying about the why we're using the drug. Do you know what I mean? Or being, not being honest to ourselves about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think um, the hardest thing for our community is intimacy, right? It's so triggering. And like I was saying before, there's this hump that you have to sort of get over to get to intimacy, which is usually trauma, shame, rage. It takes years of work to really get over that. But here you have this drug 
where you can actually just make that go away for six hours mm. and just totally connect um, with somebody. Because really it's about yearning for connection. I think what meth gives you is pure... <laughs> I just showed my tattoo. Only connect. Only connect. Amazing. It says so only connect. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it gives you connection without the risk without the trauma without the all the other messy emotions yeah the messy stuff what do you when you can you just define what you mean by intimacy really uh being seen at, by somebody else and connected to somebody else um on a, a deeper emotional level um, and establishing a relationship that can support emotions and vulnerability right. vulnerability and anger yeah like so my version of that is saying to my husband I actually seriously think that often you're plotting to leave me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's like, what? And I'm like, well, I just have to share it. <laughs> because, yeah. And that's me being really vulnerable. And it, it, there's intimacy in that. Because it's like... Totally. You know, yeah. He doesn't appear to be vulnerable. Yeah, and, and thinking he won't think I'm insane, which I'm sure he does. But like, you know, he won't leave me because of that. To, to, he's to like, say can something we just have that... some fucking dinner and shut yeah. up? I'm, I'm being intimate, dear. Yeah. <laughs> but we all, ha- we all have those, you know? They're, yeah. they're irrational fears yeah. of, usually of rejection and abandonment, right? Mm. Um, and so to be able to express it to your partner or to a friend or to a family member that you trust... It's huge. It's a huge step. Fear of abandonment. Yeah. So I have this thing lately, which, because I love therapy and I just think it's fun, but um, I'm aware I could be a bit of a bore sometimes. It's going to the gym for your mind. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You can take that. It's yours. Yeah, yeah, I'm stealing it. Uh, (laughs) Popping on your Instagram bio now. Yeah. Um, So fear of abandonment, like, is a thing about, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but as in, because I'm aware I'm using another, we're using another term, not wanting people to leave you and being scared of that. And I definitely had that loads as a kid. Like I never wanted anyone, my mum to leave my room when she was reading me a book. I wouldn't sleep with the light on. And that translates into, weirdly for me, it translates into being funny. Because I was like, people stick around if you're funny. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I have it now with people. I feel like I can really spot it in people. It's people who say like goodbye three times in a shop. Or people would say, like, if a cab driver says goodbye, take care, have a nice day. I'm like, yeah. I know that. That's fair of abandonment. Because they're not, on, they're not used to letting people go. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, so there's different um, types of attachment. Mm-hmm. And what you're describing is anxious attachment, right? It's this sort of clinging, like, yeah. don't leave me. And then the other end of the spectrum is avoidant attachment, which is cutting off. I don't want to deal with this. Um, you deal with it. I'm leaving. It's basically just continuously running away i know a lot of people like that which yeah a lot of a lot of people that i see i'm i'm sort of a recovering avoidant Um, are you yes i i grew up very avoidant just like always cutting and running and that was my work was to be able to when i feel really uncomfortable because of somebody else to be able to stay with it and say this is what's happening for me instead of actually instead of just cutting off Mm. Interesting, Mr. Bond. So, on that note, I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You did an amazing post, which actually feeds into what you were saying yesterday, which was, you did a post about, it was a screenshot of, I think, Tinder, saying it says, you have matched with so-and-so, and and then it says below, swipe left or right, whichever ones Uh, move on. And you wrote this post underneath saying, 
I'll let you tell the story, but like there's this supermarket where people were trying 40 jams and then they changed it to six. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, uh, what? It's a paradox of choice, right? That if you have... More choice makes you unhappy. Yeah, and, and I don't remember the numbers, but they set up, you know, 20 or 40 jams in a store, free samples. Mm-hmm. That was one day. And then the next day they set up six, right? And people were much more likely to buy when, when there were six less, as yeah. opposed to when there were 40. Because you were saying that the, if you can continually swipe, if, which, is, which is the one to see another person? Well, you see another person regardless. Oh, okay. But anyway. you can at any point decide to chat with the people you've matched with, provided yeah. you've matched with somebody, or keep swiping. Keep swiping. Yeah. Right. So if you keep, if you always have the option to keep swiping, you're going to find more and more tiny things that are wrong in someone as as a reason to move on. Yeah. And actually, you could make this work with. Yeah. Yeah, and you said if if you if you did click like on that person, yep, and why not invest some time in going to find out why you did? Yeah, I think that the apps are making this much worse. Which is that as soon as you you meet somebody, whoever it is, friend, fuck buddy, friend, can I say fuck? You can say yes. whatever you like, <laughs> uh, and uh, just can't say all you're starting to get, <laughs> you're starting to get to know them, and then inevitably, because in every relationship this happens, there's a moment of discomfort. Right, because mm-hmm. you learn something about them that is different than yeah. you, or they disagree with something, or whatever. There's conflict, mm. and what the, I think what the apps do is they make it very easy when you feel that discomfort to say, "I'm just going to go find something else." I'm just yeah. like, right? Uh, yeah. There's like, someone. There's someone out there that won't make me feel this way. Yes, but there's actually not. Everybody's going to make you feel so you discomfort. Just you're not prepared to work at it because you just feel like you can. Mm. It's so interesting. I find like I totally missed the whole. You know, app culture, but lots of my friends do it. And I remember when Grinder first came out, and I was in London and went with some friends, and we were, you know, I was just like, "Oh my god, they're ten feet away! Where are they?" You know, it was yeah. Like, and then there was one time I was with Lance, and we were in the, I was doing a concert at the at the Carlisle, you know, the Cafe Carlisle in the Carlisle Hotel, and it said this this person he was going to hook up, but then it was zero feet away, and I was like. <gasps> Is he in the closet? Where is he? Because he was in it. He's already inside you. He was like, yeah, he's already, it's coming from inside my body. Um, but he was obviously on some other floor of the hotel, you know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, um, I'm fascinated by the notion that sometimes patients can have uh, attractions to their therapist or fall in love with her, you know what I mean, for, because they're this sort of messiah to them or they're mm-hmm. going to solve other problems or they're helping them mm-hmm. become better people so it kind of get that sort of maybe gratitude or something gets transferred onto this yes. person do you have that and what do you do to 
How do you counter that? Uh, yeah, well, it does happen, and it is a real thing. And what I try to do, I'm very much in the room as a therapist. Some therapists are very kind of removed. Um, I'm very much in the room. And what I try to do from the very beginning is tell them that I'm a human and I am dealing with this, a lot of the same things they're dealing with. Yeah. You know, maybe I have a couple of years on them or something, but um, all these things, all these issues that we have talked about today are things that I struggle with. Mm. Um, and so to be real about that and not feel, because I, I still know at the end of the day that I'm a good therapist and I can do the work, mm. but also that I am a flawed human being. And so to be able to be honest about that from the beginning is something that I've learned over time. Right. Um, and it really, I, I find it, it just helps the work because then you don't, what happens if you don't do that is, yeah, you're right. You get idealized. And then at some point you make some sort of mistake because how could you not? And then you, you sort of get, you, you, you then get thrown to the bot. People leave therapy or they devalue you or whatever mm. um, because you've fallen off the, the, the pedestal, yeah. right? So if I just don't put myself on the pedestal to begin with and recognize that I am on the same level as them pretty much, uh, I just have training to help them work through their issues, uh -huh. then I find that helps. Have you ever been scared in a session? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen people that are um, narcissistic and rageful and um, it's scary. It's really scary. Will you um, do a quick definition of narcissism? Because I don't feel like lots of people know it and it's fascinating. Yeah, it's um, it's you know, it's a it's a very complex subject, but um, an extremely inflated sense of self um, when we're talking about narcissistic personality disorder, which is covering up a very uh, ashamed, authentic self, child self, really. And so, yeah, oftentimes, um, you know, needing really needing to feel important all the time and lashing out at anyone who puts a, a threat to that sense of importance mm. um, is, a, is a huge uh, narcissistic thing. And what I find with narcissists is that they almost collect other people, right? Because they're not really connected to their own energy, right? So they're needing to sort of collect energy from other people. And so needing people to kind of worship them, right? Which is giving their, giving their energy to them. And everybody um, is seen as not a real person, right? Everyone is just a pawn in... An uh, object for their, yeah, mm. for their sort of domination mm. or for their um yeah lucky exactly. there's none in showbiz <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that <laughs> someone said a great thing about if you want to know what a narcissist is it's someone who after you've seen them you just feel a bit like whoa i need a wash down like a kind yep. of you want to hose yourself down and actually someone said that the other thing is like how to work out who you like in your life and who you don't mm. is think about how you feel the moment they've left or you've left them Yeah, up or down. I do. You know what I would find with my narcissistic clients, um, and still find from time to time, is that I would feel when they left that I hadn't done enough for them, uh. um, that I could have done something better. Right? My work doesn't usually stick with me outside of the office mm -hmm. that much. That would stick with me. It would keep me up at night. Um, this feeling of like, oh gosh, I I did something wrong, right? And that's me holding their shame for them. Right. Wow. Yeah, because isn't it shame is a is almost like a physical thing that has to be people have to pass it mm -hmm. to others because mm -hmm. it's too horrible yeah. to hold. So there's nothing wrong with me. There's everything wrong with you. That's what generally mm -hmm. narcissists make people feel. Yeah. Right. So you're going to hold my shame for me. Yeah. Um, and I would do that. I would do it. I would feel it viscerally, and it, it took a lot of work for me to start to let go of that. Yeah. Do you call your patients patients or clients? Clients. See, I think that's weird. It used to be patients. In the Freudian era, it was patients. Oh. And then there was an active switch. And, you know, still some therapists call their clients patients or patients clients. But um, there was a decision that was made that that clients is less stigmatizing 
Um, and so people would feel more comfortable saying that they were in therapy if they were a client, not a patient. See, I think it's really weird. So it, it, it feels a bit dirty to me. I'm not dirty, but... The, oh, that's the, interesting. I never thought about it that way, that it's more transactional. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I never even thought about that. But there is something important about energetic exchange, right? And that we are providing a service that you are paying for. Um, yeah. And there are boundaries to it, right? And so, mm. so it is actually important that clients are reminded in certain instances that like this is a paid service and not. Totally. the thing i like about my therapist right now well i like many things about him but is that um i laugh a lot with yeah. him uh, we have a real laugh yeah me too it's just actually really good to laugh about stuff and yeah you know. yeah i mean that's actually a really um important point which is that when people think about therapy they think of it as so serious and dark and negative yeah. right but um it does. It's not that a lot of the time. A lot of the time, it's me noticing a part of my client that is really positive, and us just being in that space. And because where I mean, how often do you get to do that? You yeah. know, and it's that's oftentimes the most therapeutic thing is yeah. to just laugh or just play, just have a sense of play. Yeah. Right. And also, like to understand that everything you can think of that could come out of your mouth has happened to a million people before and is perfectly normal, yeah. perfectly reasonable, and you can probably work out in the next 25 minutes why yep. it happened. And that's what's amazing. It's just like all these things that you worry about just get put to the side. Yeah. So you can actually think about... Um, but you do need to feel you need to feel safe with your therapist. Totally. Right? A lot of people go to therapists where they don't feel safe and they kind of dread going or they just don't feel totally comfortable to be themselves. And that, you know, that's a big piece with the gay therapy too. It's like, you need to make sure you're seeing somebody that has a serious level of comfort with queer issues yeah. and just the queer population. Like there's, and there's a big difference between someone saying, Oh yeah, I love gay people and someone really knowing the gay, the issues that gay people face mm. and having a deep level of comfort with that where mm. they're not going to unconsciously avoid it. Yeah. Understand the dynamics of what, queerness is which is complex yeah have you ever gone out with another therapist um i have how did that go you know i always said that i wouldn't um but as i as i start to practice more i'm now thinking it might be kind of nice but uh it didn't it, it went well for it was one of those three monthers <laughs> 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 um, but we have we have remained good friends he also has a practice in new york so is it sort of like you know when someone says that a chiropractor and everyone goes oh my back my neck could you yep. give me a clunk do, pe- do you find that people are always oh my God. asking, this is no. what we've done in this I was podcast. like, isn't that what we've just done? <laughs> no, it's a, it's, it's a podcast. I mean, yeah. You go to a drink and you just meet this someone. This is a little say, different than being yeah. at a bar or whatever, but it's amazing, actually. The, it, what, what it makes me realize is that so many people need therapy and just aren't in therapy, right? Yeah. But as soon as I say it, it's like this spilling of, mm. of trauma where I, it's like a Friday night and I'm out and I don't want to, I don't want to think about work or anyone other, anyone else's issues. And suddenly someone's telling me about, you know, something really serious and it's really hard to navigate mm. those situations because I don't want to, that's not what I'm there for. Yeah. You know? Do you know, it's so funny. You've just reminded me that I remember when I came out, so this is 19 years ago, whenever I told someone I was gay, they would always come back at me with a secret of theirs for so often. They'd be like, <laughs> like I remember saying to someone I'm gay and this woman was like, woman, a girl my age was like, 
I've never had an orgasm. <laughs> You're like, no, that's not the same thing. Okay. That's an evil exchange. But it's like, you know, people share. It's so funny. Well, yeah, you get to, you, you, I guess you get to the truth quicker because you're sharing something about yourself that isn't necessarily apparent. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's also hilarious of what people, you know, how they, how they, how they bracket, how they group yeah. gayness or coming out. Like I know someone who said, uh, sort of funny about, the whole gay thing, and then and they said, uh, "Oh, uh, um, uh, I told I, you know, I, 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 I've told the, the kids that you and Grant are a couple." And I was like, "Oh, uh, uh, and uh, what, what did you say?" And she said, "Well, I just told them that God makes all sorts. Obviously, a very religious person. God makes all sorts of different people. He makes, you know, gay people. He makes terrorists." <laughs> <laughs> oh my no. God! Yes. And another time. <laughs> Another time we were in Scotland and our car broke down and Grant had to wait in this pub for the car man to come. And uh, he was chatting to these ladies and everything. He said something like, oh, blah, 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 my husband, da, da, da. And she went, I just want to say, I think that's so great that you can be so open about, um, you, you know, saying my husband. He was like, oh, oh, well, yes. And she went, I had cancer a few years ago. <laughs> Terrible, but yeah, she automatically saw that as a really we will go negative, negative yeah. thing in your life. I think it's hilarious. Both of those are so funny. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I love, I'm gay. I've never had an orgasm. Yeah. Well, that's quite. It's like we were talking yesterday, but you know the gay blood ban. Oh yeah, gay yeah. men and bisexual. Not, men who have sex with men are not allowed to give blood unless they have yeah. not had sex for a year. And I just think I don't want any weirdos fucking blood who's not had sex for the yeah. years. <laughs> I would rather not have it. Oh. <laughs> well, um, I had one last question that uh, I wanted to know. What has been your most successful or the most liked post on your Instagram? Because you always have little notes. Oh, gosh, Do I, don't, I don't know. I would, have to, uh, I would have to go back and... I think my biggest, most favourite one, or my most popular one, was when I ranted about President Clinton. Hmm. Broke the internet. Jennifer Aniston's just broken the internet, hasn't she? What'd she do? She joined Instagram and like six million people followed her in <laughs> two hours and the site went down. You know the thing I always think about her, that she, I think she's so great, she brushes her teeth in the shower. So do I. Do so you? do I. Do you? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so behind the curve. You don't? That's so weird. Yeah. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Let's have a session. <laughs> well, I'm just lying here on the sofa. <laughs> Coming to... Getting myself together. Could I have a hanky? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of show. No, I think that's really, <laughs> I think that's really fascinating because there are things about being queer that make us different. And I, as much as we want to have a world where everyone kind of integrates and we assimilate and we are all we are all one, but there's still things that we need to remember and celebrate and commiserate about mm. being queer. And I think it's great. It was actually really good to sort of have some of those things formalized or be reminded of yeah i, I blow my nose actually i do need a hanky just come over <laughs> all funny while alan's blowing his nose um i'll just remind listeners that you can head to at gay therapy if you want to follow nick <laughs> or if you'd like to tell us what you think of that episode please write to us hello at homosapienspodcast.com or you could contact us on instagram at homosapiens or on mm-hmm. facebook which is 
at Homo Sapiens Podcast. Also, I mean, do follow him because I think he's really great. You're absolutely right. Those little nuggets of, and also wittily done as well. And there's pictures of his face and he's handsome. So what what more could you want, people? You know when someone's so handsome, it's like, it feels like you're pretending it's not happening unless you say Oh my God, I know. People have that with me a lot. And they're like, sorry, I've just got to say. I'm like, I know. I know. Um, you are handsome, Chris. Thank you, Alan. So are you. <laughs> Blowing the nose knocks a tiny edge off it. But you know what? Uh, so everybody. If you want a T-shirt to blow your nose on at all, listeners, <laughs> I would head to everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens where you can get a T-shirt or a sweatshirt. Yep. Or you could review us on Apple Podcasts and we will choose our favourite review of the week and give the winner a free t-shirt that we will post to you. So yeah, let us know what you think about the gay therapist. Let us know what you think about things in general. Most importantly, let us know what you think about Alan blowing his nose. Oh God, I'm going to have to go again. Something's happened. Something allergic thing has happened. So bye everybody. (laughs) Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.